السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته سفيك لي شيخ وعليكم السلام ورحمه الله وبركاته السلام عليكم ورحمه الله شيخ السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته to everyone that is joining us from wherever they are uh, welcome back to our third session in this series that we started post the month of Ramadan um, titled the daily recitals where we try our best to dive into different verses and surahs of the Quran that we generally recite on a daily or a weekly or periodical basis that in a periodical basis that we kind of need to identify learn uh, even memorize if we can inshallah so sheikh what are we talking about today inshallah we'll be, we'll be talking about the greatest ayah in the Quran mm. which is Ayatul Kursi inshallah we'll be speaking about Ayatul Kursi today subhanallah sheikh so let's let's joining everyone may Allah bless you um, the crowd, I mean, everyone that's watching knows that one of the most important ayat, um, or one of the most impor- important uh, excerpts of the Quran that we recite is Ayatul Kursi, right? That's, that's, it's a very well-known fact. But do we know why? Do we know why it's as great as it is? Um, do we know what makes it special? What are the virtues behind it that, um, you know, it, 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 which we are encouraged through to recite this, this ayah so often? Um, Sheikh, you want to... Walk us through some of the virtues of, virtues of the surah and I'll jump in in the middle, inshallah. Uh, I'll add something if I can. Most welcome. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi Now, you guys are like moving so fast right away, two minutes it. into it, right into Ayatul Kursi. You know, like, you know, ask the crowd how they're doing, how's it going, how, how's your husband treating you, how's your wife treating you. There was Father's Day. Did anybody get anything special this weekend? You know, uh, you know, it's so much had, happening in the world. Do you, you get anything special? No, nothing. You know, we don't ce- we don't celebrate Father's Day. Every day is a Father's Day. Every day is a Father's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every day is a Father's Day. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. That, that's all. Finish, I... We just want to try to finish by you know ten fifteen so people can, um, you know. Sleep you on. always say you want to finish by a certain time and you never do. So why not? Yeah, just don't, don't put it on me, okay, Bijan? Mashallah. Um, Sheikh Shtiak, Salaamu Alaikum, Alhamdulillah. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Sheikh? Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. How's your baby, Umar? Alhamdulillah, he's doing well. Alhamdulillah. Mufti Do have you have any, any kids yet? No, no, I don't have any kids yet. Okay, inshallah. may Allah bless us all with pious children, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, everyone, welcome to the program. And you know, I'm Sheikh Abdul Hab invited you and welcomed you. Just want to make sure everyone's comfortable. I hope everyone's well. If you guys can chat back on the group on the on the social media platforms and just tell us what's going on. If you guys got anything this weekend for gift, if you're a dad, and if you're if you're a mother, you know you guys are getting gifts all the time. Mashallah, every you know baby shower, uh, a bridal shower, every shower, every all the time shower. You know, <laughs> the men don't get the men don't take that many showers. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, anyways, so I hope everyone is doing well, and uh, and you guys are enjoying your your summer here. Wherever you are, families are safe, and of course, we are. We are we're going to talk about the greatest ayah in the Quran, and that is Ayatul Kursi. And I'm sure all of us have made a practice of reciting Ayatul Kursi, which is A'adhamu uh, Ayah fi Kitabillah, the greatest ayah in the Book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And it's it's different when you just recite it because um, you are um, following a custom. Or you've just been doing it since you were small and young. But do you really know the significance of this ayah? Do you know the meaning of this ayah? Right. So inshallah tonight, um, Sheikh Abdul Wahab, Sheikh Ishtiaq and myself 
will, will like you to know that every time we recite this ayah, there has to be a stronger meaning to it. And it's this is the greatest ayah in the Quran. And if you look at where this ayah is, it's in a, in a Madani surah. And the, the content of this ayah sounds like a Makki, um, a Makki content. It talks about the oneness of God. Most of the time, Sheikh Ishtaq will tell us, most of the verses where they talks about Tawheed are, are going to be in Mecca. In Medina, most, most of the verses are going to talk about laws and, and legal, legal issues and litigations of you know, Islamic law. Mm-hmm. Here, we're talking about a whole verse that is revealed in Medina, but all about Tawheed and oneness of God and our faith and our foundations. So inshallah, if Sheikh Ishtiaq can tell us and Sheikh Abdul Wahab can tell us what is this ayah all about? Why should we read it? What are the virtues? And what are the significant grammatical, you know, uh, words that we need to... Even the linguistic aspect of this surah that can be expressed. So our audience, every time we read, Allahu la ilaha it's not just another verse that's just passing by. It is the greatest verse in the Quran. Mm-hmm. And the Quran is the greatest book revealed to the greatest human by the greatest angel from Allahu Akbar from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the greatest city, in the greatest month, in the greatest night. And we're talking about the greatest verse, Ayatul Kursi. This verse that is coined to be the, the verse that is uh, the, uh, of the throne, of the of the, the chair of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what's, we'll, we'll talk about this. Bismillah. Sheikh, you were going to start us off with some of the virtues, right? Can you, can you get us going? I was a little late because I had to get my chai. That's you guys, okay. I apologize, you know. We just have a water. If I don't have my chai, I don't get revelation. I don't get <laughs> yeah. the wisdom. We need that. We need that. Yeah, so they're going to start off with uh, some of the virtues. Like we said, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as narrated by Sayyidina Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiyallahu anhu, one of the greatest companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in terms of knowledge of the Quran. <clears throat> So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam called him by his uh, kunya. He said, "Ya Aba Mandar, do you know the verse from the Book of Allah, which, according to you, is the greatest?" And him being humble and respectful to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he says, "Allah wa Rasuluhu a'lam. Allah and his his messenger know best." And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said again to him, "Ya Aba Mandar." Do you know the verse from the book of Allah which, which to you is the greatest? He says, then he said, Allah, there is no God but He. He read Ayatul Kursi. Hmm. Thereupon the Prophet struck him on the chest. He says, may knowledge be pleasant for you, Ya Abu Mandar. So this is a hadith mentioned in Sahih Muslim. And uh, Sometimes even our own teachers, they came up to us and they hit us on the chest. Yeah, they hit us on the chest three times. For the, sake of the, for the sake of the sunnah. Yes. Yes, they hit us three times on the chest. And, uh, you know, I'm like, all right. I'm the most needy from, from them all, I think. Yeah, I think we talked about this on a Friday where the, there is this uh, emotional touch aspect, you know. So it gives the person some significance. The Prophet Sallallahu he, he touched people, he hit the men at the time on the chest very lightly. He would strike them. And the Sahaba said, Hasistu barda, or burda. You know, we could feel the, 
the 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 coolness of the hand of the Prophet on our chest. You know, um, he did the same thing with the young man that came, and he asked the Prophet, allow me to do zina. Give me, give me a, um, a green, you know, uh, a, a full-on um, permission, you know, slip to do adultery and fornication. And the Prophet said he he didn't panic, he didn't you know insult a kid, young man, and he and the Sahaba were sitting there. This was very, very disrespectful in the city of the Prophet, in front of the Prophet. But the way the Prophet dealt with this, the hand was used also. The hand was a very practical way of signifying something important, you know, to the you know. To the student on the chest, on the chest yeah. He said, He said, Do you want someone to treat your mother like this? So he psychologically he counseled him. Do you want someone to treat your sister like this? He said, No, of course not. Do you want someone to be immodest and 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 behave in such a you know ill-mannered with a member of your family like this without any modesty? And he the man, young man said, I he was the true Arab. Of, the, of that time, they had this something called ghira, self-respect, you know. And uh, he uh, he said, "Never." He said, "Would you allow this to happen to your to your aunt, maternal, paternal aunt?" He said, "Absolutely." He said, "La ya Rasulullah." Then the Prophet ﷺ said, "Well, anyone that you you treat like this, you're you're disrespecting the honor of their sister. Someone's going to be someone's mother." So the Prophet ﷺ was very calm in dealing with him. And then the Prophet ﷺ took his hand, فضرب على صدري. He hit the, the, the chest of this young man, and he made dua, like فضرب, but not striked him like the way somebody wants to strike someone. You know, that's like, the time you hit me on my chest. That's why you hit me on my chest. I, I hit you on the chest just to make sure you got a strong chest. Right. You know? You're doing your exercise. You know. Most of the is very light, so when I hit him, you know, he gets pushed back really fast. So I kind of like. Take it easy, you know. Sure. Take it easy. No, but Sheikh, that's not fair because he's a he's a featherweight, and you're a you're a heavyweight. Say, say I'm heavyweight. You're right, heavyweight. You know, you get you said it. You say I got weight. You know. <laughs> so so that, that's what happened. He hit him on the chest. فضرب على صديقه اللهم طهر قلبه وحسن فرجه. Oh Allah, you purify his heart. That's where the, that's where the problem is. A lot of times we see the problem, we see the issue. Oh, they're looking at wrong. They're cheating. They're lying. That you know, control your tongue. But the problem is, the the tongue is a reflection of what the heart is. The filthy, the, the more filthy the heart, the more filthy the language. Oh. You know, and our our texts and our messages and our chats. So, that, like you said, touching of it. Sheikh Ishaq shared one one hadith about a virtue. Can you share one as well? And I'll share one. Um, you go ahead. I'm just here to listen to you guys. I spoke right now. Okay, hold on. So I'll share one. Then, you I know, know the Abu Huraira one that I wanted. You, oh, you should share that, yeah, but you, I want you to tell me the Abu no, Huraira. I wasn't going to use that. I wasn't going to tell them that. I want to see what you're going to use, and I'll, I'll, I'll drop the Abu Huraira one. I want the crowd to to stay on, on you know, on the edge. You know, I don't want to give everything away. No. So the hadith I'm going to share is a, a very short hadith from Ali radiAllahu an, right? Mm. Where mm. he says that um, when he was in when he was in Iraq. Uh, so you understand the, the context of the ayah is such that. Why is it revealed in a Madani surah, despite having the, the rhythm and the design of a Makki surah, is because it's actually revealed to bring peace and amr. That's the whole idea behind this ayah. The two elements that a community cannot survive without. Like, you cannot have a community if these two elements are not present. If they're absent, the community will not be livable. A society will not be livable in. What, are the, two, what are the two elements? Elements, 
are reflected actually in the dua of Ibrahim Number one, what is peace and security? And the second is finance and economy, right? It doesn't matter where you are in this world, you may love the place that you live in, but if there's no safety and peace there, you'll get up and leave. That's why a lot of our parents or grandparents moved to America, right? Number two, you may be living in New York City or, or Los Angeles or San Francisco or, or Michigan, right? But if you don't have a job, you'll get up and move the moment you get a job. Residency, man, you go, to, you go anywhere for residency because it's about And the, there's a response to this dua as well. This is why Abdullah al-Mas'ud when he used to recite these two surahs, he would actually recite them in one raka'ah. Because he would say they're both a response to the dua of Ibrahim So this ayah creates that aman within our community. Within ours, not only within our house, because that's still uh, a fairly selfish incentive. It creates aman and it creates peace within our entire community. Where the Prophet says, whoever recites this surah, it protects him, his neighbors, his neighbors, and he continued to say, Wajadihi, Wajadihi. And one narration he says, 40 houses. And the Hajj Rahimullah says from the hadith of where the Prophet said his neighbor three times, he says that the Prophet would have continued to say it, but his point was made that all across his community, people will be protected. And the second narration is the narration of Ali radiallahu anhu, where he says that whosoever on the member, he says, the Prophet said to us that whosoever recites, Ayatul Kursi, after every Salat, the only thing that stops him from reaching Jannah is death. Yeah. Right? The moment he leaves this world, he will enter directly into Jannah. And it was asked, it was, it was asked to Ali Dhanu, and some say it was Abdullah and Mas'ud because they were both in Iraq in different times. And it was asked to them that why is this the case? And they said that because Ayatul Kursi is the only ayah in the Quran that actually has a physical form. Hmm. It actually has a physical form. Not in the realm of this world, in the metaphysical realm of the of the of the of the of the akhirah, and, and within the within the sphere of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and it sit it, 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 it does sajda in front of the arsh of Allah, and it continues to the tasbih of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and they say the tasbih of Allah that it does is al Hayyul Qayyum, al Hayyul Qayyum, al Hayyul Qayyum. It continues to recite this name over and over again. So that's why they say that this this ayah specifically perhaps has another realm of a virtue because it's under the arq of Allah and it's actually reciting the praise of Allah in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who's given a body form where the body Kursi praises Allah. Uh, we don't know what that fifth form is like, but that's that's what the narration mentions to us. So that so Sheikh Ishtaq said one hadith, I actually said two about the neighbors and that the only thing that stops us from receiving Jannah is death. Bajan, you want to just share one, one story with us as well about the virtue. I mean, one of the, it's, uh, there's a small one that everyone can follow. This, this is sufficient for some everyone to uh, just to feel that this is uh, a ticket to their salvation. The Prophet ﷺ said, anyone that reads Ayatul Kursi, Dubura Kulla Salat, anyone that reads Ayatul Kursi after every Salah, Man Qara Ayatul Kursi, Dubura Kulla Salat, anyone that reads it after Salah, Mm-hmm. Nothing will stop this person from entering into Jannah except for death. Basically, if you read the Kursi after Salah and you happen to die, it will protect you. It will protect you. It will save you from all the evil of this world. Basically, what happens? I mean, I say this all the time to myself. Ayatul Kursi is insulating you from the shaitan mm-hmm. during the day. So there's so many t- temptations that come to you. So many people want to harm you. 
you're in the car, you don't know what's going to happen, right? There's so much, there is so much wrong that can happen to you, you know? And um, it's, it's a security, it's an insurance, it's a protection, not only from the worldly calamities, but also from the devil. Mm-hmm. Now the shaitan, he's on, he's on attack mode, we know this. And why not know the verse? I mean, there are two parts of this. One, it's guaranteeing you that you die, you go to Jannah. Because that's Ayatul Kursi. And everyone's going to die. No one knows when they're going to die. Right? Everyone knows when they're going to die. Because death is inevitable. But the main thing is, why not read Ayatul Kursi? And right after that, one day, it becomes a practice. If everybody makes this a practice of Ayatul Kursi after Fajr, all those salawat, and one day we go to sleep and we don't wake up after Isha, we go straight to Jannah. It's basically a reward that's so so great. Just read the Ayatul Kursi. But the Abu Hurairah narration is very interesting, Mufti Sahib, right? Mm-hmm. Abu Hurairah was in charge of um, the, the wealth of Sadaqah, Zakat. The Prophet Ramadan. All this, you know, the Sadaqatul Fitr, Prophet made Abu, Abu, Bakr, Abu, Abu Hurairah in charge of this. And he would, one day he's sleeping, all of a sudden, he hears noise. Someone coming in trying to steal this money. Abu Hurairah grabs him, right, running away. He grabs him and he said, where are you? And he says, listen, listen, I am Iblis. And um, oh, he says, listen, let me go, let me go. And I won't come back. I, I won't come back. This is the first time. He said, let me go, I promise I won't come back. I have family that's hungry, children are hungry. He plays the, you know, the victim card. Please, please, I just need some money. Abu Hurairah lets him go. Then the next, he tells the Prophet Sallallahu this story. The Prophet Sallallahu said, that person is going to come back again. Mm-hmm. Let me know. So the next night, uh, Abu Hurairah is sleeping, and this person comes back exactly how the Prophet Sallallahu said. Abu Hurairah doesn't know who this person is. A thief comes into his house, and he tries to steal his wealth, and the zakat, the money that's not even his money, mm-hmm. the money of the poor people. And... Um, he said, now I'm taking you, now I have to take you to the Prophet He says, please, you know, I have family that's, my children are hungry, my wife has no food, I just need something, please forgive me, let me go. You know, he said, I let him go. And then the third day, the Prophet when he told the Prophet the next day, the Prophet is coming again. The shaitan doesn't stop, he comes again, comes again. Shaitan came back the third day, and Abu anhu grabbed his hand, Hadith in Bukhari, he said, you're going to the Prophet you're going for sure. So he says, listen, how about I teach you something that you know that will protect you from me in the future. And I'm Iblis, and I'm going to teach you something. So Iblis is going to teach Abu Huraira. Now, whoever, who wants to learn from a bad person? That, that's the interesting part. Who wants to learn from a bad person? Nobody. But you know, that the, the sign of a believer is, uh, you know, we learn al-hikmatu dalatul muslim that we learn, we take message and learning opportunities from every single person that's out in the world. Of course, we don't practice what they do if they're wrong. But if there's a lesson to learn from a non-Muslim, follow it. This is Iblis. He said to Abu Huraira that I'm going to teach you a lesson that will save you from me. So Abu Huraira was like, really? Tell me this. When you go to bed, Read Allah la ilaha illa al qayyum till the end, right? And he says, "Lain yazala alayka min Allah hafid wa la yaqrabuka shaytan hatta tusbah." I'm telling you that Allah will protect you the entire night, 
and the shaitan will not enter into your space. Now, there are jinns that affect our families, that affect our homes, and there's the shaitan. Now, the shaitan is a very interesting person. He is a, he's a bad guy. Like, we know that he's a bad guy, but how bad is he? I call the shaitan a bum, literally. I call him a bum all the time. He's a bum. <laughs> he's homeless. He's reckless. He has nowhere to sleep. Prophet ﷺ says that if you enter your house and you say, Bismillah, the shaitan says to the other devils, La mabita lakum. And um, uh, someone said, Assalamu alaikum, when he enters his home, the shaitan says, La mabita lakum. And when you say Bismillah before eating, then the, the shaitan says to the other devils, La asha alakum. Basically, if you say, if you don't, if you say, Assalamu alaikum, shaitan can enter your house. But if you don't say, Assalamu alaikum, shaitan sleeping in your house. Now, what happens when the devil sleeps in your house of this hub? It affects everyone, of course. Then we start saying, Shaitan kabacha, Shaitan kabacha, Shaitan, this is son of a devil, son of a devil, you know? And we're calling our own children the, the son of a devil, right? In the food, if he's eating with you, imagine someone who is sick, sick to the worst level of it. Like, I'm not like, you know, and they're eating with you. They have COVID 19, they have a flu, they're sneezing, and they're eating in the same bowl as you. Isn't that disgusting? You're going to get sick. The germs are going to overflow and they're going to contaminate you. Similarly, imagine the shaitan who's emotionally, mentally, and spiritually a very sick person. He's eating with us, sleeping in the same house. How is that affecting our mentality, our behavior? You know, someone said to a scholar, he said that in our community there's division. There's division. Mm -hmm. And I, I started practicing this. So the, the scholar said, maybe you guys don't make your soft straight. So the guy said, what does the rose in the, in the masjid have to do when you're praying with the division of the heart? The Prophet ﷺ said, if you don't stand straight in line, the shaitan will come in between. And there will be division within your hearts. See, the impact, imagine the shaitan can have an impact on society while we pray incorrectly. Imagine the impact of shaitan on a house that doesn't follow the Prophet Sunnah. And doesn't say assalamu alaikum, doesn't say bismillah before eating. So shaitan is a very evil person. What does he do when he moves to stuff? Tell us what the shaitan does when we yawn. You know what? <laughs> tell us. Why are you shy? Tell us. What happens when we yawn and we don't cover our mouth? What does shaitan do? What does it, what, what does it do? <laughs> we kind of, you know. Come on. Like, why are you shy? Say we all we all shy. Yeah, but you know, he doesn't do it. He lets, he lets some liquid out, right? Which is not a good thing. But Why are you guys like, you know, why are you guys so honest and stuff like that? This is knowledge. I mean, that's what we, you know, he's so, I mean, yeah, he does something. But, but Jen, you know, so it's you Tell them, he urinates in their he mouth. He urinates in your mouth. But, but, and urinates in your mouth. He's a, he's a nasty person, but. but yeah, Jen, but this, this is not, that's the only one. You know the man, the Prophet, someone said the Prophet, that this, there's a person that sleeps and wakes up after sunrise. We know the hadith, right? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is what the Prophet said. The shaitan is such a filthy person. The Prophet said that there's a person that doesn't wake up for fajr. May Allah give us ability to pray fajr and salah on time. Qulu amin. And he doesn't wake up. And the Prophet said, The Prophet said this. That's a man that your shaitan urinated in his ear. In his ear. So I don't know what wax, you know, ear, you know, Q-tip he's using, but, but, yeah, how, whatever he's using. 
But the, that's why sometimes the Quran does not affect our ears. Mm. That's why our mother and our father is saying something, they don't, it doesn't affect us because we are contaminated with the filth of shaitan in our ears. But yeah, no. you're saying that you're, you're like the, the, the idea behind what you're saying is that Ayatul Kursi becomes mm-hmm. a protection from all those filthy all things. I don't want shaitan to be this close to me. I just no, don't course, want it. 100%. You know, I was reading online just a few weeks ago that the biggest, one of the biggest industries, one of the biggest reasons why people buy things is because of phobia and fear. Mm, right? The yeah. biggest selling, like uh, marketing ways of getting people to buy stuff because of phobia or fear. We saw, we saw what happened with toilet paper. Toilet paper, yeah, hand Toilet paper would ever run out in the world. Why should we not have some form of a warranty, you know, a phobia towards not reading Ayatul Kursi? That, man, mm. it's a free warranty. We have a house alarm, we have a garage alarm, we have, you know, a camera in front of our door. All of these things to protect us when we're not there. But even when we're there, we don't protect the house, right? It's things like this that protect the house. Which is interesting that a Sahaba that was put as a protector there was Abu Huraira. You know, why was Abu Huraira put as a protector? He's a skinny Sahaba, weak, right? Um, it's in, so one of the, one of one of the, one of the so some of the scholars mentioned that one of the reasons why Abu Huraira was put there is because the Prophet knew what was going to happen, and Abu Huraira was the most hirs. He had the most zeal towards knowledge. Mm-hmm. So. The Prophet mm. put Abu Huraira there because he understood that Abu Huraira is a person who will take knowledge from anyone, mm. even Iblis, because he's 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 a he's a he's a he's a mountain of knowledge, right? So it's, it was interesting. Oh, Shaitan is very knowledgeable. But this is this part. This is the funny part. I said this to my myself, my students sometimes. Prophet said, you know, when Abu Huraira came to the Prophet said, Shaitan taught me this. Uh, this mm. um, he prescribed me Ayat al Kursi, so I, he doesn't attack me next time. The Prophet said, Ama. Right? He said, he said, yes, he is on. He he told you the truth, but he's a liar. He's an innate liar. So I said to some people who lie all the time, I said, even the devil spoke the truth once at least. Like <laughs> Shaitan spoke the truth. I mean, guys, stop lying. I always say one of the biggest vice in the world is lying. The, is, you know, the Prophet said, yes. can a believer do zina? I said, yes. Can a believer drink? Yes. But can a believer lie? No. If someone stops lying, they will stop cheating. They will stop oh all the bad because they just don't lie. And and we one of the hardest and most difficult things to do, alhamdulillah, we have a lot of honest people that are listening right now, but one of the most difficult things in, in the end of time, sign of Qiyamah, is to find an honest person. Honest person. So let's go ahead with Ayat al-Kursi. Sheikh, let's move forward. So, you know, for the crowd, we'll try our best to summarize this ayah. You know, there is no word in the English language which can translate ayah. Because an ayah is not a sentence. It's not a, it's not a fragment all the time. Sometimes it's a whole paragraph. Sometimes it's an entire story. Sometimes it's one word, ar-Rahman. Sometimes it's one letter. Ayah is ayah, right? Ayatul Kursi has nine declarations, nine statements, nine you know sentences within this. So inshallah, we'll try our best to get through as much as we can and summarize all of them. But the first one is Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum. Sheikh, can you please enlighten us just you know uh, on on this first statement of this ayah or the first declaration of this ayah in the names Hayyul Qayyum? Inshallah, we'll take it from there. Mutasab also scholars, some of the Mufassirin also they say it's ten sentences. Oh. So the the they the divide 
excuse me Allahu la ilaha illahu sentence al-hayyul qayyum because Allahu la ilaha illahu has got such deep meaning and just the word Allah itself is the proper noun mm. and even when you hear the Christians when we heard the Christians in Damascus or even here the Chaldeans we hear they still use Alhamdulillah MashaAllah they still use the name of Allah and they say, well, they say Wallah Wallah all the time yeah, yeah. yeah they say they say these you know the, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides us all like uh, we we mentioned last week about Ihdina Siratul Mustaqim so also uh the being itself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the word, the name itself combines all perfections. Allah. And free of all short, shortcomings. We all have shortcomings, just like uh, Shaykhana said, we, we all have shortcomings. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have no shortcomings. And so this is that name where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts this, the greatest ayah in the Quran with. Like we mentioned last time as well, that the Quran is started with the name of Allah, Bismillah. That's the first name yeah. that starts. And uh, Muftisa, maybe you can elaborate more on that. I mean, Sheikh, like, so, I mean, the, what you just mentioned was, I mean, why is the word Allah so special? Um, mm. Some say, some scholars, Ibn Abbas has a very long discussion on this, that is Allah a, 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 a noun which is derived from something else or is it an original noun? In the I'm not going to go into the details because it might get a little boring. But the conclusion of this discussion is how Ibn Abbas, it's mentioned by Imam Fakhuddin al-Razi and Mafatih al-Ghayb as well, where he says that Allah is a universal name. It's, it's, so it cannot be derived from a, it's not a derivative of an Arabic word because it's not just an Arabic name. It's a universal name. So in the sense that even the Jewish people in Hebrew, they would say Yahun, right? With the same concept of Allah. The three letters of Allah were in there. The Christians in Aramic would also call upon Allah with the same letters. So Allah is Allah, right? There's no taking away from this beautiful name. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's perfect. The name itself is perfect, right? And everything else are the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what are the first two qualities that Allah refers himself to? Is Al Hayyul Qayyum, right? Uh, but you know, we don't have time to go into that whole. You know, Muhammad Ajmisab, uh, Allah protect him, talks about how if you take out each letter of Allah, it still refers to Allah, right? If you take off the Alif, it's Lillahi. If you take off the Alif Lam, it's Lahuma fi Samawati. If you take off the middle Lam, it becomes Ilahin Nas. If you take off the Alif, the Lam, and the Lam, and all you're left with is the Ha, the Dhamir, it's still yeah. La ilaha illahu, Fattakhiduhu. Sabila. So it's every letter in the name of Allah reflects Allah. And lahu samawati wa So so that's the name Allah, right? Yeah, you, you also want to let people know Allah's real name is Allah. You know, Shahid Allahu Annahu La ilaha illahu. Inna Rabbuk Inna Rabbakumullah. Inna Rabbakum Allah. Indeed, your Lord is Allah. And all the other um uh, adjectives or the, the, the descriptive nouns that are out there to describe the attributes of Allah. He is Al-Ali. He is all, all elevated, exalted. He is Al-Mutakabbir, you know, all prideful. He is, um, he is Qahar. He is Al-Wahhab. He is all generous and powerful. But the real name is Allah. His, 
is Allah. And just saying that, and we want everyone who is listening for a moment, just practice this for a second. Say Allah. 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 That name is so powerful. Allah. You know? And and you don't, you know, if you notice, you're not moving your lips. Allah. So a kid can say it, and an adult who's lost their teeth can say it. Person's about to yeah, that's that. It's so. I'm not going to go into the words here. Why is the is there are a few words in Arabic that don't just require the the lips, and the children are the first ones to pick them up. One is Baba, Baba. One other one is Mama. Only mm. lips, no teeth. So a baby can say these things because, you know, Um, Ab. These are art from Arabic, right? So. Now a, a parent can be called out in the child's infancy and, you know, it doesn't have teeth yet. And also, another word that is very commonly used, that's easy, lamb, lamb, Allah, Allah. And if you, if you look at the lullabies of the, of the people, la, la, you know, they have, the, they were, where did the lullaby come from, right? Where, where they, they, they make kids go to sleep by singing to them. But where did that come? These rhymes and these traditions have come. If you think about it, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah. This is what the parents would sing to their children. It wasn't twinkle, twinkle, little star. How am I? What do you think about this? You know what? I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it was this, La ilaha illallah. The first thing that we say, to a baby, when the baby arrives in this world, is Allah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Adhan. And hopefully the last thing this human will say, we will say before we leave this world is, La ilaha illallah. Allah's name is central, is, is the foundation, is the focal point of our life. And then mass, then the entire Ayat Kursi is there. Allah's name is Mubtada, Mubtada, beginning of the sentence. And the rest is explanation to this Allah. That's a, isn't that amazing, Mufti Duha? It's beautiful. Everyone to know this. Whenever you have a hard time, say Allah. You know what Allah says? When I, my servant says my name, I say, Labbaika ya abdi. Mm -hmm. Oh, my servant, I'm here. I'm here, Allah. Learn to say Allah. And then learn to say his attributes. It adds, But first Allah said, Call Allah, and then you can call him by Rahman or any of his beautiful attributes. But Allah, Allah, and that should be the focal point. And say it, say it loud so your heart can feel it, you know. And the, the qiyamah will not come. Prophet said, La taqumu sa'a hatta yuqala fil ard. Allah, Allah. The day of judgment will not arrive as long as there's a person saying Allah's name, Allah. So it's, a, it's, it's easy word to say. Sorry, go ahead. It's an easy word to say. But we have to say more often. Talk about him. Say Allah. It, in our sentences, Allah wills this will happen. Inshallah, I will come. The Prophet didn't mention Allah as an option, as a focal point. When he was asked the question, he said, I'll tell you tomorrow. And Allah caught him on that. Yeah. You got to say Allah's name. Allah is a focal point of explaining something. Bismillah, beginning something, ending something. Everything is Allah. Nothing belongs to us. 
And this is where Ayatul Kursi explains it even more. Ali Zona actually says that when he was asked that why is it the greatest surah, why is it the greatest ayah in the Quran? You know, like why? Like what's the reason why it's the greatest ayah in the Quran? And mm -hmm. he mentions three things actually. One is uh, he mentions that it has the asma'u al-a'adham in it, which is al-hayyu al-qayyum. Al-hayyu al-qayyum. We'll speak about that inshallah. And then number two, it has, it, it, it has, it starts off with the name of Allah. It describes it. And number three, it has 18 different ways in this paragraph where Allah is being referenced. Wow, 18 different ways. Different ways. Either through his name, through his attribute, or through a pronoun. I would like to know all 18. I don't yeah. know if you're going to have time to do that. I haven't, but it will, it will take a lot of time to go through them. But 18 different ways that Allah is being referred to in a, in a, in a paragraph of nine sentences. How is that even possible? Right, it's only nine or ten sentences, but Allah is being referred to 18 times through adjectives, through his name, through pronouns, and so on and so forth. Sheikh, like, so that's that. But Al Hayyul Qayyum, can you, can you elaborate on that quickly, if you don't mind? Yeah, you so have, we've got is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we got, we got six minutes left. For sure, we're gonna go over for sure today. Hmm? <laughs> we'll try to finish it, Sheikh. Inshallah, Al Hayy meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is alive by himself. He doesn't need anyone. Mm -hmm. And Al Qayyum, which means that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the all sustaining, Hay for himself, sustaining for all the rest of the creation. And just like Mufti Saab mentioned about Sayyidina Ali radiAllahu anhu, it was during the battle of uh, Badr mm -hmm. that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Sayyidina Ali radiAllahu anhu, wanted to see. What the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is doing. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in a state of state of sajda. And the only two names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he was proclaiming was Al Hayyul Qayyum. So the whole time, the whole time is called Hayyul Qayyum. Al Hayyul Qayyum. You know, I have to say something about that. I thought I looked into this in Sirah. Muftisab, ever ever living, ever standing. Not everything living is going to be standing forever. Mm -hmm. And everything that's standing is also dependent on something else. Humans are dependent on oxygen. The trees are alive, but dependent on the sun. They're standing, but they're also dependent on the oxygen. You know, the, 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 the environment, you know. So we give and take, you know, oxygen and, and CO2, all this that's going on. But pay attention to this, Mufti Sahib. Allah is not dependent on anything. You know, He's height, He's existent, He's self-existent. Mm. Who is here? You know, sometimes, you know, this self-made billionaire. I made myself. I made myself. You, didn't make you know, some people say self-made billionaire. Yeah, right. You know? Our, our president, he only got a small loan from his father. Yeah, only Donald the Duck. Donald the Duck. Donald the Duck. No, he's, he's, he's our president. He's not your president. He, you're, from, you're from England. No, he's, he's our president. So, I'll explain okay, to you okay. later. so you have two you have two great leaders, Boris yeah, and Trump. Yeah, I, I, no, I've got three, the, the queen as well. Come on. Oh, God bless them all. God save them all. God save them all. Protect them. Give them Hidayah. Everything is the source, except for the except for Allah. Yeah, so Allah, everything is everyone claims I'm self-made. You know, I this is my emperor that I put together, my hand. I worked so hard, you don't know, you know. And then they get divorced and they have this lawsuits and all this happens. Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is only al-hayy, self-existent. 
Al-Qayyum. And sometimes someone is standing but doesn't need support. Allah needs no one's support. Ever. And then Allah describes this. But I, I thought about why was the Prophet saying, Al-Hayyul Qayyum in Badr. It's very interesting. Mm. I, I, I could be 100% wrong, Shaykh. But Allah knows best. This is a, a, a battle of Badr where there is, they're outnumbered three times. A thousand against 313. Mm. Right? And um, they are in the face of, in the eye of death. In the eye of death, in the eye of, you know, extreme, you know, an army that's coming with a ban to celebrate their win. They're just, they're, they started the celebration before they even arrived in, in Badr. Yeah. And the Sahaba are very few. We're talking about two horses hmm. and 70 camels. What is two horses? And the other side has 600 camels. Seven, they said 600 horses and, and three, 400 camels. And they had more plus and, and for just backup. Reinforcement. Yeah. Reinforcement. So you're looking at death in the eye. Correct, Muftisa? Yes. At that moment, when you think that you are in the end of life, call upon the one Allah who is ever living, mm-hmm. everlasting. So there are, I, where I realize at certain points in your life, calling out the right name is most helpful. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're learning knowledge, you should call out Ya Alim. Mm-hmm. If you need wealth, you call out Ya Razak. If you want someone to give you a gift, Ya Wahab. Mm-hmm. Allah who is the one who gifts children. Ya Wahab. Allah. Give me some pious children. Right? That's interesting. The word, whenever the word Wahaba Yahibu comes in the Quran. Children. In- Comes only for children. You got to drink. But this is also there is gift. Hidayah is a gift from Allah. Just like your children are a gift. So I, I find that very crucial that when you are calling upon Allah, in that circumstance, find the right name. Find the right name. Mm-hmm. That's a connection. That's a connection of why the Prophet said it in Badr. That's why. I, that's what I think. Yeah. I may be hundred percent wrong, you know. But it makes it makes sense that to recognize Allah in the situation that's most appropriate in that situation. Allah has so many names you can call out to. And then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala explains it Himself. What does Al Hayyul Qayyum mean? He says that mm. Al Hayyul Qayyum is a person. You know, Allah is Allah is the he, He's the inceptor of life. Right, that's also a meaning of al hay that he gives life al muhyil wal mumit. He gives life to everything else. So he's the source. You know, people want to talk about what is a source? It's the light, it's the sun. The source of life is al hay And the source of everything remaining al hay is al qayyum. Mm-hmm. That nothing could mm-hmm. remain al hay without qayyum. I can make something, I can I can plant a seed and grow a flower or grow a plant, but I may not be able to take care of it. Al hay mm-hmm never is unable to take care of that which he created. That's why So he brought, he's the originator, he brought everything into, into creation. Inception. And, and then he brings everything, whatever it needs to survive. So Bijan, Sheikh Shida, do you think we should just, we have a little bit left, should we just complete the ayah? Or Bijan, should we just... I think we can do half of the ayah, some more parts, of, and we can do part two of this. You think we should do part two of it? I think we should do part two. 
Okay. Yeah, this is the best. I, just be, I'm being honest yeah. with you. This is the yeah. best eye in the Quran. Okay. It deserves. It deserves another hour. That's fine. That's fine. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's continue to the third part of it. That the second part is that second declaration is that What happens when someone is often taking care of things or a security guard, right, sitting in front of a screen, whatever it may be, they doze off. It gets boring. It gets tiring, right? You 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 lose you lose your attention. Allah says, hey, Sina is not even the closing of the eyes. You know, where Imam al Rahimullah explains the difference of Sina and Nu'as. Sina is not even the closing of the eyes, like the dozing off of the eyes. No, it's just the, 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 the dozing off of the, of the head, that the, the brain loses concentration at what it's looking at. You know, sometimes you're daydreaming. That's what... When uh, people go for Jum'ah, and uh, the khatib has been started speaking here and they're just going, they're just going. Is that Sina? Is it? Is it along the I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I know because you guys are you guys in a race of time, but I, I went to a city to give khutbah. I got on the member, the member was super high, but I noticed the uncle. How high, how high was it? It was, it was, I'm telling you, man, I got nervous when I got up there. Was it a kursi? It was, a, it was, I took kursi, it was, uh, you know, <laughs> you know. But uh, Windsor, got, if you don't want me asking, uh, no, it's not Windsor. It's not Windsor. This is in the United States. Okay. Windsor is a great community. No one sleeps during the khutbah in Windsor. You know, you know. So I, um, so I, I get up there and I notice while the adhan is going on, this person, he set up everything, stretched his legs because he wasn't facing the imam. He was on the wall of the front, facing the the, the people who were praying. He was facing the group, like he was, he was not. His back was against the the wall, the front wall. And I'm like, oh, he's facing the musallis. I'm facing the musallis. He wasn't even facing the khatib. I was like, man, how am I supposed to get this guy's attention? Right? And he's like, on my left. And I noticed he started snoring before the adhan ended. Like, he was, he was out. That's, was like, that's no, man. That's no. That's <laughs> you know, this is, you know it's, if you're sleepy, you know, just figure something else out. But anyways, he might, you know, Allah alam, he might have medications that he takes and he's sick. So I didn't, you know, I didn't wake him up in the khutbah. Otherwise, I would have banged the, the pulpit. But um, you, Mufti Sam, you said it. I, it's, I'll, you know, you know when we have these episodes all the time. With, I have three children. Um, Sheikh Ishtaq has Umar now. The kids do so many things during the day that we like Allah saved them. Mm. Mm. You know what that is? Allah is not even snoozing. We know how we snooze for a second. We our eyes go this way, and the child goes out the window sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he he gets close to the stove or she gets close to the to the stairs in a second the way the world is remaining in his in his orbit we're not talking about a child we're talking about stars galaxies and the cosmos all this happening Allah cannot close his eyes for a second there's too much happening mm. too much happening so Allah is free from such he since he's alive and he doesn't sleep the, the slumber and the fatigue does not even touch Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why there's so much so much happening with perfection. So that's la ta'khuduhu sina, right? Then the result of that, yeah. we see it so much, it's so organized. You know, the, there's the balance, actually, in, the, the balance scholar, in the scene. The balance in the, sorry, sorry. Scholar, what you mentioned about the baby, there's a scholar that mentioned this. I believe it was Sufyan ibn Uyayna. When someone came to him and asked him about the existence of God, he, about Allah, they mentioned that I, you should believe in Allah because there's no way your child could stay alive if it wasn't for Allah. Wow. Because so many things happen 
and your son or daughter is still alive. How are they still alive? It's because of Allah is taking care of them. Sheikh, do you have anything to add? La ta'khudhu sinatun wala nom. No, no, no. Mashallah, you guys doing a wonderful job. Sheikh, you have to add something, Sheikh. You, you have the biggest beard here, man. Sheikh, you have to say I more. Know, but this, this is a time for me to doze, doze off. <laughs> Sina, Sina is coming to Sina it. is coming. Right, Sheikh, you're saying that Allah doesn't sleep. Why does he not sleep? Because Because doing all of this is not difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, like sometimes you work really hard and you get back home and you're really tired. I'll give you a better example. You start playing basketball, right? And you're, you know, you're killing it. You're working so hard and you finish and you're so tired. And the guy next to you is hardly sweating. What's the word that they say? I didn't even sweat. You didn't make me sweat, man. Because playing against you was like a cheesecake. I don't say that kind of stuff. I don't say those words. I, 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 I start sweating before I get on the court. <laughs> but the point okay, is, this yeah. guy, he played the same amount as you, but it was, not a, it was not even an exercise for him because he's beyond that. He doesn't even sweat. Similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so beyond taking care of the world in the sense that he's so powerful and he's so able that he doesn't even sweat. You know, why it's, you know why it's important to know that? Because if we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't Nothing is diminished from his treasures Sheikh Ishaq is actually going to go to sleep It looks like it <laughs> If you go to sleep, we'll wake you up We'll wake you up No, I'm contemplating Are you contemplating? Words. Is that what the people say in Jummah too when they're sleeping? They're contemplating? Oh yes <laughs> The best part is when they come to you after the khutbah and say Wow, what a khutbah you're like, really, you were sleeping the whole time. snoring. Anyways, you know what's better than that? When a desi comes up to you, he says, Sheikh, good Arabic, good Arabic. <laughs> like, do you even know Arabic? You know, but anyways, um, it's important that we know this because we are calling upon Allah all the time. And if we know that, we can call upon Him in times that we're tired, but He's not tired. When we are when we are broke, he's not broke. Meaning, when we don't have money, he has money. When we are worried, he's not worried. And when all the affairs of the world are on our shoulders as a burden, nothing burdens Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You know, it. You know, people move this up. Sheikh Hishak knows. People go for vacation. They come back from vacation. They need a vacation. Yeah. They they go they, they, for two days. They don't go to work. They don't go to school. I'm exhausted. What did you do? You're on a vacation. You're supposed to come back fresh. Subhanallah. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. I said, every day is a fresh day for him. Everything is happening like it's the first time. He doesn't feel overwhelmed. Every, Allah says, listen to this. Are you serious? You think I can't bring you back to life? I made the skies. Who's bigger? What was, well, just be honest. What was bigger and greater and, and more hard to you know, um, believe and perceive it, that this will come back to existence? The skies... And you're talking about this little human? Kun fayakun. Innama amurhu ida arada shay ayakula kun fayakun. Be and it becomes. So when the listener or the person who's supplicating to Allah has this conviction that I'm calling upon Allah in the middle of the night, he's not sleeping. He can hear the whisper of an ant. He can hear you also weep. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. I think we should end it, but we just this next part is something that we can talk about next week. That only only through Allah is the owner of all the 
all the people and all the things in this world. And man, man, the one who is giving you the Lord. Okay, the you can do next week. Do next week. Right? And I say something about the Bible. Have the Samawat Muftid Muhammad Shirishiyah. I just want to say, say, state the obvious. You know, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is talking about ownership here. Allah is talking about ownership. Hay, Qayyum, and such an owner that doesn't sleep, doesn't doesn't snooze on site. You know, in the Rabbika labil mirsad. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says. Mirsad is usually used when someone wants to ambush someone, right? When they're coming to raids, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is on guard, on guard. When someone is on guard and watching a uh, situation to ambush or attack, he's watching the enemies. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving that example, the Mirsad, for the Arabs who know what this means at that time. And he's like watching very closely. Allah is, Allah is literally in this kursi, he's showing a lot of, Ownership, if you look at it, like if you see the language in here, the, the throne belongs to him. Like there, he's, he's showing ownership and control over this. But one thing I want to say in this samawat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to you and me, everything in this world belongs to him. You know, sometimes when you're buying a house and you see the Islamic finance mortgage contract that comes up to you or a car, this is my car. Here, sir, this is your new uh, Audi or your new BMW, and you feel like you feel so good. I want everyone to know, this car belongs to Allah. This house belongs to Allah. This wealth belongs to Allah. It's a it's a grace that He has let you borrow this and use this. Everything belongs to Allah. The heavens and the earth, ma ma is for the will, the will Things that don't have intellect. Everything. Everything belongs to God. So when we know that, we become humble. This house of mine, this eyes of mine. Now think about it. If you believe Allah, everything belongs to Allah, you think Allah won't, and He's protecting it, He won't protect your belongings because He gave it to you. This is why it's also risk as a protection. And then, the most important thing, if Allah, Allah is the owner of the heavens and the earth, you think He can't protect your, your iman? He'll protect your soul. Mm. That's going to be invaded by the shaitan. So everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to understand that and believe in it. And ask Allah in that way because He's not... He's, a great example, just a great example of, of understanding and reflecting upon... That even the commodities that we perceive that we own belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what we say when people pass away. For Allah is that which He gave. He gave it. And for Allah is that which He took away. Then, it's a very simple statement that we, we always say, like, you know, again, these words become tokens, man. You know, that's why we become very. Uh, desensitized to these terminologies and we don't actually feel emotionally connected when we say to people because it has become tokens no inna lillahi means that hey we i also belong to allah and just like this person went back or she went back or he went back i am also going back I want, I, I want everyone to know they're going to see this happen next week we're going to bring this back again Allah yeah. continues to talk about his ownership. Oh. Talking about things around ownership again. Shafa'a, his ownership. That's his right. He gives permission. And then Allah says, Nothing leaves his protection. Ownership. 
This wasi akursiyuhu. This don't belong. We gotta keep something for next week, or else it won't come back. I want right. to let people know when they come back next year, we're gonna explain this control, this ownership belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. I also have, I also have like, a, like, like something special that I wanted to share with the audience about the ayah, but it will only make sense as a recap. So, inshallah, when we finish next week, you know, make sure to come back because this is just the beginning. Uh, inshallah, we have a few more small things that we would like to share with you all about the rest of the ayah. Please do join us next week again. Everybody, please keep Sheikh Ishtiaq Mufti Dohab in your du'as. Sheikh Ishtiaq is busy teaching now. His school, the school has started MII and operating the whole academic department. How is the school going? Amazing. Every day there's interviews. Full on day. He started his day early today, 7 o'clock. drives oh, okay. in from Detroit. Troy. Where do you live in, Troy? Troy, yeah. I'm with my Troy Street, Troy Street. In Troy. And, and he comes in all the way to Warren and teaches... And and it's so much work going on and keeping him awake this late at night. Bajan, you're a special day for you too, man. Bajan, you know, I feel like it's mashallah. Sheikh Abdullah's um what is it, Janam? What is it called in Urdu? Don't 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 call just say in English. Don't have to say in Urdu, don't birthday, birthday. No, birthday. every day is a holy day, birthday. Sheikh Abdullah got one year younger this year, mashallah. May Allah bless you. Protect I just turned twenty two, alhamdulillah. Allah, twenty two. This. Oh, uh, keep you young, Bajan. I love protect you. But everyone, I'm joking. I'm not 22. I turned 22. No, years. don't tell them how old you are. Don't tell them. No, no, I, I'm not worried about people thinking I'm old. I, 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 I'm excited to age. Because you know, you know when um, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Ibrahim Al Islam got some white hair. He was like, "What's this white hair?" You know. So Allah says, "Waqa." This is dignity. So he said, oh Allah, give me more white hair. You know, give me some of that gray hair. You know, it's nothing to worry about. And the more we get it, inshallah, um, that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have sympathy on us. As there are narrations when people age, Allah feels shy to punish them because of their gray hair. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But we want to age in obedience. That's the main thing. You know, um, I, when we want to age in a way that Allah is pleased with us. That's the best way to do it. Um, inshallah, we ask Allah, please keep me your du'as that Allah gives me years of his obedience and the wrong that I've done in the past that he forgives me and the good that I've done he accepts from all of us. Again, Sheikh Ishtiaq, thank you so much. May Allah bless Umar, may Allah bless your family for giving you um, the, uh, the time to you know spare from your family to be with us tonight this late. And Sheikh Abdul Wahab, um, you don't even go home. I don't know if you even spend time with your wife. I was debating whether you should even get married because you hardly go home. And now your wife... We, we, we need to sort him out. Sheikh Abdullah, yeah, we, we need to sort him out. We need to send him home and take it easy with Miftah, working so much. Allah is taking care of us. Alhamdulillah, but you know, your, your yeah, wife yeah. is... Oh, we're we're going to look after him. We're going to sort him out. You know, your wife is not saying anything right now. My wife was the first year. She wasn't saying much. But then after that, <laughs> I, I, I I stay quiet, you know? So, you know, <laughs> so don't think that, you know, the first year, my wife, was, you know, she was listening, watching, like, hmm, coming late, huh? And then after that, the door started getting locked. The garage code started changing. <laughs> Just joking, but anyways, brothers and sisters, inshallah, keep us in your du'as, and uh, we love you all. Keep us in your du'as, and please follow every night our programs that are happening tomorrow, Tuesday night, 9 30, Wednesday behind the scenes with Mufti Abdul Rahman and I, then Thursday night, Family Matters. Tomorrow, Mufti Abdul Hab, you're doing something, correct? The Arakis of the Quran, inshallah, Quran, beautiful lecture series, and then we have at Friday night, uh, Friday night live. It's It's a very special program every Friday night. So please join our programs. Yeah, well, this, this Sunday we have we have something special. We actually have a short webinar with Imam Zaid Shakir. So 
I'm also sharing that with mm -hmm. everyone. Um, you know, Imam Zaid is Imam Zaid. That's that's all. Uh, but it's, it's shared in the in the chat. It's a free webinar. It's at 2 p.m. on Sunday. It's only two hours, two to three hours. Inshallah, we hope to see you there as well. And don't forget, everyone, please uh, say salam. Please tell us where you're from when you get onto the chat group on the, on Facebook or YouTube. Please uh, say salam or let us recognize your name at least so we can get acquainted and share uh, share our 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 message, our series, so everyone in the world can also benefit from you know Anyone that shares something gets equal reward like those who are teaching. You know. Sheikh Ishtaq, Sheikh Duhab, put all this content together. Here you are just sharing it and giving and um, sharing this content with your friends on different platforms. You get the same reward. Inshallah, someone gets inspired. I know someone in my community that shared some of the programs with someone in South Africa and, uh, and also in Alberta, Calgary, and they've been watching almost every night. Now, who gets all this reward? Sister here in Flint. So brothers and sisters, don't shy away from um, giving... Uh, bringing other people onto this platform so they can also benefit. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.